Hi, I'm Aaron Selvig. And I'm Dr. Amy Bessler. And we are the Latchkey Kids. Woohoo! Latchkey Kids. We're filled with love today. Oh, yeah. Wait a second. Well, we love, you know, gosh. Sure. We love our parents. We love Santa. Let's make this wholesome. Love Edna Garrett. Um, yeah. Anyway, we love, listen, all of these yeah. episodes are those we, we love. We, we love the Princess Bride, <laughs> right? Yes. yes. Uh-huh. Um, so now we're we're post your favorite holiday, post Valentine's. Yes, Day. Valentine's Day was, it? was, was fun. It was, it was good. Romantic as yeah. hoped it should be. I didn't get any shoeboxes full of greetings from my classmates. Oh, no. uh, but it was lovely. Those tums that were made into the shape of little hearts. Did you have any? The little chalk candies? No, I did not have any. So I don't know. Is it even truly Valentine's Day unless you've had the little tasteless chalk candies? Mm-hmm. I who can say? Who can I don't say? know. Who can say? I don't know. I mean, wow. So we survived. How about we how about you, Doctor Amy? Listen. Happy. I, mean, hmm. I have the most romantic husband. He's so sweet. And granted, That's true. we're not into the you know expensive flower and all stuff necessarily no you know a beautiful dinner and spend time together it's very nice and so oh good. good that's good good good, good, good. okay good. yes so people when we think about valentine's day of course you know this is the second part of our very special yes uh, i'm excited i'm about to hit you with the greatest romantic comedy film of not only of the 1980s mm. but ever okay oh the gosh, goat Rom-com oh, is coming your way. Hold on for that, because that's coming. It's coming at you yes. later in the episode. Yes. But Aaron, I thought it would be so fun if our listeners know that our home state, of course, is the is the beautiful state of Arizona. Represent. This, I mean, Michigan yes. also, but we really grew up in the '80s. We were really doing it in Arizona. That was our whole jam, right? The, the yes. Cul-de-sac. Mesa, Arizona. Mesa, Arizona. Yes. You know, if you know, okay. Right. People. I don't know if our listeners know that our state is the sweetheart state, people. Okay? It is. It is. It's the Grand Canyon state, but it's also the sweetheart state. Sweetheart state. Yes. Because it became a state on February 14th, 1912. We had happy birthday, Arizona. Happy birthday, Arizona. Arizona is 111 years old now. That's a young state. That's a, very young. Young, looking great. Yes. Sure. Lots of people are moving there. Did you know that? That's Lots correct. of people are moving there. Yes. Yeah. So Aaron, They're also running out of water. <laughs> running out of water. So running out of water. People are moving there anyway. Is that a good idea in the long term? Who could say? No. No, it is not. No, it is not. No, it is not. Right. That's true. That's true. But we do like to get out our world book or Encyclopedia Britannica. And we want you sure. to some elementary school level Oh, good. Good. <laughs> That's the, my favorite kind of knowledge. That's and most of the I knowledge know. I possess is yeah. at the elementary school level. That's yes. Correct. That's correct. Uh-huh. <laughs> so I did, I did love those encyclopedias. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, Me too. The yes, the world book. book. Oh, the world book. Wow. Good stuff. What garbage yes. information in there. But anyway, that's a different topic for a different episode. So Arizona, uh, people, was the 48th state, okay? 
Uh, it was the last of the contiguous states to be admitted into the Union. Okay, yes. like I said, February 14, 1912. Yeah, that mm-hmm. got beat into us. Why is that kind of yeah. thing important to know when you're? I don't know. I will never forget it. I don't know. How, <laughs> right. How is that? Going <laughs> I don't know. To sure. Because it's Valentine's Day. I don't know. I, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Who knows? So yeah. After being defeated in the Mexican-American War, Mexico, okay, ceded much of the territory. Okay. To sure. The state. Well, yeah. you know, we just kind of took so, it, but yeah. Uh, again, different podcast. So the yeah. southernmost portion of the state was. Oh, don't tell me! Don't tell me! Don't tell me! The Gadsden Purchase, the right? Gadsden yes. Purchase, yes, it's where Tucson is, Nobody basically. Yes. That's right. If it hadn't been for the Gadsden purchase, I would have never found love. That's true. Right. Thank you, Gadsden, <laughs> whomever you are. Yes. Yes. Yeah, I told you people are moving there. No, it was like one of the least populated states when we were kids in the 80s, and now it's like, yeah. That's crazy. That's crazy. There's like th- over 3 million people in Metro Phoenix now. It's, it was not like that when we were kids. It was orange groves and cotton fields when we were kids, I swear. It's crazy. <laughs> we are old. Big Surf still existed. <laughs> That's correct. It was a different time. Wallace and Ladmo. It was a magical time. It was a magical time. Okay. Yes. That was world book knowledge. It really was. Thank you. I hope you use it well. Just really try to weave it in. Try to make it Yeah, just be like, so, Jeremy, what are your thoughts on the Gadsden Purchase? That's fun. That's fun. Okay. I mean, but Aaron, more importantly, we need Yes, let's yes, let's get to the rom coms. That's what everybody's here for. Yeah. Yes, it is. Right. Uh huh. Um last week we obviously talked about the amazing Dr. Amy Picks, okay? Yes. They they were really good. Yeah. The Princess Bride especially is I think the princess Princess Bride is probably number two mm. on the goat rom com list, mm. but yeah. number one is coming up here okay, we'll see, we'll see, we'll in see. a second. Okay, so Aaron, okay, yes. Hit the people with your first pick from the okay, this one. This one's a wild card. Wall. Yeah, this okay. one's a this one is a bit of a wild card. I struggled to kind of pick one, but I settled on this one not necessarily because it's the greatest rom com of all time. But because it's such a weird movie and I feel like it's underappreciated, you know, I feel like I feel like everybody has forgotten about the 1984 action adventure romantic comedy classic film Romancing the Stone. Oh, my gosh. Romancing the Stone. As as we are going to say late a little bit coming up in just a moment, this film paved the way. For Back to the Future. If there had been no Romancing the Stone, oh there would not have been Back oh. to the Future a year that, later. Back, that yes. Makes it all worthwhile, everyone. That's because it was directed by Robert Zemeckis, mm-hmm. the director of Back to the Future. It was written by Diane Thomas and produced by Michael Douglas, who stars in the show, 
along with Kathleen Turner and Danny DeVito. Great cast. It's a a Michael Douglas and Kathleen Turner. Oh, my gosh. That's what you're getting. It was... No, it was it was funny. It was sexy. It was yes. It it really works as a romantic comedy. Yes, she's got the sultry voice. And this was peak peak Michael Douglas. He had like muscles and the great hair, and he carried a shotgun around, which was kind of fun. Anyway, if you've never seen it before, and I have a feeling there's a good chance that a lot of our listeners probably have. This film has kind of got overlooked, but um, it's it follows a love story between a romance novelist named Joan Wilder, played by Kathleen Turner, and the eccentric adventurer Jack Colton, played by Michael great, Douglas. Great name for him. Jack Colton and Joan Wilder. Yes, it's, yeah, I know. Um, so Joan Wilder receives a mysterious letter which sends her to the jungles of Colombia with only a map left by her brother-in-law to guide her. Immediately, Jack saves her life, and she pays him to stay on as her protector as she's basically trying to solve a mystery in the jungle. So Joan and Jack work together, finding clues. Their personalities are wildly different, and they clash immediately, which lends itself... To plenty of jokes. Yep. Of the, of the personalities between the two fabulously yes. people. Okay. Du- I mean, Michael Douglas, Jack Colton is basically like Indiana Jones kind of a mm-hmm. character. He even has that Indiana Jones hat. And yes. he's very sweaty. And he's used to swashbuckling mm-hmm. around yeah. Columbia. Yeah, yeah, that's what he does. Kind of vibe yes. Yep. Well, and she's like citified and she wears high heels to the jungles of Columbia. You know what I mean, right? Yes. Uh, What do you remember, Dr. Amy? What are your initial thoughts about this movie? I mean... Do you remember? I, You know, it's not one that I watched over and over. No? I think I have a memory, and tell me if I'm wrong. Tell me if Mm. you remember this. Uh We went on one vacation... Okay, when we were kids, Aaron, do you remember where we went? We went to Los Angeles. Yes, that's right. We went to Disneyland uh-huh. and Knott's Berry and Farm. Disneyland and Knott's Berry Farm, yes. Full stop. That was all the vacation. Yes, that was the one. <laughs> and I think Dad did indeed threaten to pull the car over at least once if on that go trip. Back and listen yeah. to our, our family uh, road trip episode, you'll hear more about it. But. Mm hmm. And we stayed in like a Motel 6 or something, okay? It was a yes. low budget. Very exciting. <laughs> very exciting. We were yes. very excited, actually. Of course. We'd never yeah. stayed anywhere. We'd only ever stayed in our <laughs> home, okay? Yes, yes. And camping. But anyway, I think, and I could be wrong, I could be totally wrong, that in the, in the Motel 6, in the evening, one of the nights, that we watched Romancing the Stone oh. on the television. All, family, all four of us? Oh, okay. Know. I don't know if that's true. I don't you know, know I don't now know that you mention that. it, yeah, I wow. Know. I don't know. That's that is, connection. you might be right about that. It could be totally wrong, but. Well, Dad, if you're listening, Dad, uh, give us a in. shout. Uh, send us a telegram and let us know if that is true or not. Well, I'm kind of surprised that you don't remember it because I know it was definitely one of the many hundreds of VHS tapes that you and stepsister Stacy archived. We carefully 
Uh, yes. We had we had a library of hundreds of VHS tapes. Yes. You know, having my own little Dewey Decimal type system. Yeah, great, yeah. Great, great, great. I love cataloging. I love organizing. Invite me over, people. I can organize mm-hmm. your stuff for you. It's a lot of fun. <laughs> well, I remember that. And I remember it was funny and sexy. I remember that there were, the thing that made the movie work was the chemistry between Michael Douglas 100%. and Kathleen Turnall. They really worked well together. Um, it was good. It had nonstop action, which is good for you know yeah, people who like action. It had a lot of action. And it had a lot of jokes. Movie. I'm a fan of jokes. Yeah, yeah. Do you remember, you might remember the famous scene, probably the fave scene from Romancing the Stone, is Jack and Joan, are. she's just arrived in Columbia. It's pouring down rain. Yeah. They're climbing up this very muddy hill, she's and she's wearing, dragging a suitcase, and, and she's wearing high heels. Like yes, suit, like yes, <laughs> yes. And they get to the top of the hill, and he asks what's in her suitcase, and she says it's more, you know, basically dresses and business clothes. <laughs> so he takes her suitcase, and he throws it off the edge of a cliff. And then right after that, she is about to call him every name in the book, and she falls off the edge of the cliff, and so does he, and they both spend about 20 minutes going down this insane water slide all the way down this mountain, and they're... It was it looked like a lot of fun. It was very long. I mean, if you go back and watch this scene, it goes on for an extremely long time. If it had been real life, they would be dead or they would have a lot of broken bones. But they're fine because they land in a pool of water and he lands, well, between her legs. Let's say it's suggestive like that, right? And then he starts howling like a maniac because he thought that was really fun. And she is about to have a nervous breakdown. And that kind of sets the tone. That sets yeah. the tone for the movie, and, right? And also, uh, maybe it reminds me a bit of the relationship between our parents. Let's talk about it. <laughs> yes. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, jeez. Let's take yeah. a Wow. About the movies. Let's talk I hadn't about thought about that. <laughs> <laughs> hadn't thought about that. Dad was wow. Wow. Mom was sure. like buttoned up business suit, you know. Yeah. Like Although she does like wear. she does like fast cars. She does like yeah. Fast okay. That's yeah, that's All right. All right. <laughs> all right. I'm going to Are you ready for some fun facts Please. about romancing the stone? I okay. I know nothing so about movie. there is a sequel to this movie. Uh, it's called The Jewel of the Nile. It's not as good. Oh, I'm just going to say. Yeah. It's not as good. It's okay. I mean, if you like Romancing the Stone, you'll probably like it. But fun fact, there was supposed to be a third movie called The Crimson Eagle. Uh, And you know why The Crimson Eagle never got made? Because the jewel of the Nile was so bad. (laughs) I mean, it's not even that it was bad. It just it wasn't very well received. And so they decided not to make. As is often the case, you know, with the sequel often doesn't match up. Okay. (laughs) Right. So the movie was set in Columbia, but guess what, Dr. Amy? Mm. It was not filmed there. What? Uh, because it turns out Columbia, at the time anyway, in the 80s, was very dangerous, and they were worried that they were going to get kidnapped. So 
they had to they had to move it to Mexico and it was shot in Mexico. And it really is. That's also part of the allure of this movie is you can tell it's definitely not a set in California somewhere. It's they're in the jungle and it's pretty awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So it was shot in, in various locations throughout Mexico. And as I as I teased earlier, Romancing the Stone led to the making of Back to the Future. Mm. And that's because the, the studio, uh, were, they weren't really sold on Robert Zemeckis. They weren't sure about him. And this was like his chance, Romancing the Stone. And it ended up being a pretty big hit and it was well received and it got good reviews. And so they trusted him enough to give him the green light the next very next year to make back to the future. So what is that sliding doors? You know, if yeah, what would our lives be like today, Aaron, without back to the future? Would we be making this podcast right now? Would we? No, I mean, we, yes, we've already done our back to the future episode, which shows you how big of a deal that was. Uh, but it wouldn't exist without romancing the stone. Hard so. to imagine our lives without Back to the Future. Okay, but that's not why we're here today, everyone. Now, as is the case with most movies that we talk about, the main stars were not the first choices for the movie. Michael Douglas, mm. neither Michael Douglas nor Kathleen Turner were the first choice for the movie. For the part, part of Jack, they thought of Christopher Reeve. He turned it down. Mm. Three other people, uh, four actually, four other actors turned it down. Sylvester Stallone, nope. Clint Eastwood, mm-hmm. and Jack Nicholson. Too crazy. No. I don't know. I think Jack Nicholson could have been okay. Mm-hmm. I think Michael Douglas was the was. Oh yeah. Oh, the other one was Paul Newman. Paul Newman. Right. Wow. Now you're talking, right? Paul Newman. <laughs> Paul Newman. That's right. That's a whole nother story. We'll save that one. Save that we'll for save a that Paul one. Newman episode. <laughs> so the studio, <laughs> the first choice to play Joan was not Kathleen Turner. It was the star of Terms of Endearment, one of Mom's favorite movies, mm. Deborah Winger. Oh. Deborah Winger okay. didn't work out for some reason, okay. Okay. and so they turned to Kathleen Turner, who had been uh, known for her role in the classic, still. One of the great noir films of all time, Body Heat, that came out in 1981 oh. with uh, William Hurt. William Hurt and yeah. K- and Kathleen Turner, which is a remake, by the way, of Double Indemnity, which came out, I believe, in the 50s. Anyway, great movie. Um, Robert Zemeckis, the director, and Kathleen Turner, they did not get along. They kind of her- hated each other. And... <laughs> Yes. Did they fall in love? Yes. Well, you know, he's making her wear high heels in the rain and fall down a water slide. He's throw. He's literally throwing her off of cliffs. Yes. Anyway, evidently they had terrible arguments throughout the filming of the movie, and it was it was a drag. Um, on that famous mudslide water slide scene, the stunt double that did that. Uh, it wasn't actually Kathleen Turner that Robert Zemeckis sent down. It was Jeannie Epper. Jeannie Epper was the stunt double for Linda Carter in the Wonder Woman television series. Oh, Jeannie Epper. Wow. So, okay. 
Jeannie Epper has probably slid down many cliffs before, and Epper, she did a great job. Uh, please write in, and we'd love to interview you for the program about your experiences yes. in Hollywood. The, yes. the underappreciated stunt woman, okay? And the final fun fact on Romancing the Stone, even though they moved it from Colombia to Mexico, filming was actually pretty dangerous. <laughs> they had rain, mud, bugs, and guess what? Alligators. Oh and there was alligator. There was an alligator in the movie. And let me tell you a little story. This illustrates the danger of the movie. So they had this action sequence involving an alligator. And the alligator, when they were filming it, managed to get free and it swam away. And they're like, oh, shit, where's the alligator? So, so the trainers tracked the alligator down. But when they finally like tried to get the alligator, the alligator attacked one of the trainers. It got him by the hand and took him under the water. The crew had to dive. No, no, this is I don't know if I haven't seen this on YouTube. Maybe the crew had to dive into the water to free the man and they got him to the hospital, but his hand was badly mauled. Oh, so, but he, he survived. Yes. No, that's why the that's why you have stunt doubles. Yeah. Uh, so that's it for fun facts. Uh, Romancing the Stone received positive reviews from critics. It earned over $115 million worldwide at the box office. It currently sits on an 86% rating on Rotten Tomatoes. And then in December 1985, that's when the sequel, A Jewel, Jewel of the Nile, was released. Romancing the Stone, everybody. Yeah, underappreciated okay. 80s rom-coms. Now, okay. last week, Dr. Amy presented The Princess Bride, which mm. that is the rare movie that I think you and I just love equally. You know, yeah. that is, everybody loves that movie. I If you don't love The Princess Bride, what the hell there's something, you're a psychopath. There's something wrong with you. You, you probably need to be in prison, honestly. I'm going to be honest. <laughs> Now, this this one, The Princess Bride, to me personally, and of course, this is a matter of personal taste, but The Princess Bride is so good. It's number two on the greatest of all time goat rom-com list. But number one is Say Anything. Oh, my God, people. With John Cusack in the role of his career as Lloyd Dobler. And Ioni Skye as the beautiful Diane Court. It is one of the sweetest, funniest, simple movies. Um, I related a lot, and so did a lot of people I know, to Lloyd Dobler. I still do. I mean, I kind of wish I was Lloyd Dobler, and I kind of am in some ways. (laughs) Um, In some ways, which is... <laughs> yeah, yeah. Character, so that's well, what do you what do you recall, Doctor Amy, about oh, say anything? Oh my God! I mean, it it came out at the end of the eighties. It came out in nineteen eighty nine. One mm-hmm. of my favorites all time as well. Um, yeah. I think that John Cusack in particular is phenomenal in it. Yes. Ioni yeah. is also great, 
Yes. She married one of the Beastie Boys yes, after this movie, you know. Yes. Beastie Boys episode is coming at you at some point. Sure. Also. Yes. We need to do and that before, while there are all two of them are still no. alive. <laughs> that was a downer. Okay. okay I'm okay, sorry. Okay. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, I mean, it's that classic thing of the, the Lloyd, you know, Dobler is the is the guy that, like, doesn't get the girl, right? And so. Right. Yeah. But he's, oh, the, all in blood and the boombox and the music. The boombox. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, my God. I would yes. argue, Dr. Amy, to all assembled here in the court of <laughs> 1980s public opinion, that no f- movie scene in late 1980s cinema is more iconic than Lloyd Dobler holding a boombox over his head while In Your Eyes by Peter Gabriel blasts away in an attempt to win back his girlfriend. I mean, come on. People, if you disagree, write your congressperson. He's, we he's wearing a trench coat like Inspector Gadget, and he's standing in front of his piece of shit car, yeah. and it is just, it's so sweet and beautiful. And I mean, come on, Dr. Amy, if you were Ioni Sky, I mean, how could you resist such a thing? Or you would either fall in love with him or you would get a restraining order, one of the two, right? That's absolutely correct. You'd probably yes. call 911 in reality, but it worked at the time before yeah. we even really knew about stalking. And so. Yeah. Well, that was actually kind of a common theme in romantic comedies. There's a fine line. Between not giving up on love and uh, requiring a, a restraining order. Uh, all right, here's a synopsis. Say Anything is a 1989 American teen romantic comedy drama film. It was written and directed by the great Cameron Crowe in his feature directorial debut. Cameron Crowe Cameron Crow would later become the master of... I mean, he owned the 90s for a while. Yeah. This was his first. This is why this movie. This was his first movie. It follows the romance between Lloyd Dobler, who is an average student, and Diane Court, who is the class valedictorian, mm-hmm. immediately after they graduate from high school. Okay, time out. Yes. I'm gonna make another comparison. Okay. Okay. Yes. <laughs> uh huh. Um, our mother. The yes, the class valedictorian she okay. was. Yes, she was yeah. like the perfect overachiever type. Oh yes, and yes. Beautiful. Okay. Uh huh. So hard. You see where I'm headed? I, I kind of I get it. I'm not sure if Dad's dad, listening how he's going to respond to this. But okay. Uh huh. Probably more of a Lloyd Dobler kind. Of, yeah. More of a maybe average student. Yeah. Oh, I would say I think below average from what I've heard. But okay. (laughs) But he was very handsome. No doubt about that. Yes. Yeah. Anyway. Yes. So are you saying that's where I get my Doblerisms is from dad? Is that what you're saying? And where I get my perfection. Yes. Ioni Sky and our mother. (laughs) Well, (laughs) anyway, Anyway. I'm going to continue with the synopsis. So Lloyd Dobler is he's basically a slacker, but he's a good guy. Right. So Lloyd has close relationships with many female friends, but Uh his main ambition is to ask out the class valedictorian Diane Court. Now, despite his obsession, he's not really pushy or insensitive. He just 
He innocently believes that all he has to do is kind of be in her airspace, right? He simply needs to sit next to her at the mall and that'll be their first date, <laughs> right? <laughs> and then, but his attempts, his attempts are eventually blocked by Diane's restrictive father, Jim, played by John Mahoney. Uh, Jim wants to see uh, Diane succeed after all the work she's poured into her education, and he doesn't want her to stoop to Lloyd's level. So as we said before, and when we were defining romantic comedies, they always have, the lovers always have a obstacle that they need to overcome. And in this movie, it's the father. But eventually, and this is where the movie, I will admit, the movie kind of maybe does go off the rails just a little bit. When it turns out that the dad is like a bad guy and he's being investigated by the government and he has to go to jail. And like it's a whole, they like, it really like switched on the poor dad. Uh, anyway, uh, it was a great role for John Cusack, who really brought a lot of weird energy <laughs> to Lloyd Dobler. Um, and Crow would go on. I mean, he directed Singles, Jerry Maguire, uh, Almost Famous. Um, he was kind of the king of the 90s for a little while. Are you ready, Dr. Amy, for some fun facts? Yes, I'm ready. Please. Okay. So Cameron Crowe based the script of Say Anything on heartbreak in his real life. He'd never written a love story before. Yeah. He'd never written a love story. He said the film references his first love and heartbreak. He said, quote, she fell for me and I fell for her, but not at the same time. And and yes, I I used to drive by her house late at night listening to music, feeling like a sap and somehow heroic at the same time. She was already with someone new, but I was going to wave the flag of our great love, even if I was the only one at the ceremony. Now, that does sound slightly stalkerish. It really, really does. <laughs> but if you have a boombox and a trench coat and Peter Gabriel, it's okay. It's okay. okay? <laughs> so another fun fact, John Cusack almost didn't take this role because he was sick of doing teen movies. He'd been in a whole bunch of teen movies he had already graduated from high school in six different movies. And he said, okay. he said he did not want to graduate from high school again in a film. He was ready for more grown up roles, but he decided one more time he would do it. So he did. Oh, that's a good question. Uh, he was definitely not 17. Yeah. He was probably like 27, probably, yeah. Uh, so this is maybe my favorite fun fact. Okay. The character of Lloyd Dobler is based on a real person, Cameron Crowe's neighbor, apparently. It's kind of like Kramer from Seinfeld. Yes, exactly. So he was having issues writing uh, the character, but he came inspired when he met his neighbor, who was named Lowell Marchant, and he was from Alabama. Okay. Crow said, Crow said he was this friendly guy with a crew cut who just wanted to meet everybody he could. He knocked on my door and said, Hello, I'd like to introduce myself. I'm Lowell Marchant. I'm a kickboxer. I'll be living here for a little bit. Are you aware of the sport of kickboxing? It's now a major sport covered by ESPN. Yes, the kickboxing. It's such yeah. a weird detail. I know. Lloyd Dobler's character where you really yeah. do think, like, why kickboxing? Yeah, I know. He's just really into it. But it yeah. made it believable because 
I don't know. It's a major sport. It's covered by ESPN. Yeah. People get on board. The whole film is trying to get everybody on board. Now, as we as we mentioned earlier, Ione Skye, who played Diane Court, uh, not long after this movie, uh, married one of the Beastie Boys. And so you might not be surprised to learn that in real life, Ione Skye is very different than the character of Diane Court. And so much so that she said that she had trouble identifying with this girl who was the A student valedictorian. She said, I was not a good student. I grew up with my mother, not my father, and I kind of had a wild childhood. Uh, even the father stealing money from old people, I was saying to the director, I can't access why this would upset me. That didn't seem so bad to me at the time. <laughs> so she was maybe a little bit of a criminal. I don't know. Yeah. She had questionable morals, apparently. I don't know. Okay. Isn't that weird? Exceptionally beautiful, Aaron. Of course. Of course. Yeah, I'm gonna look her up right now. Ione Sky, 2023. Let's see. Oh yes, no, definitely, sure. I did always kind of think she was probably like a, you know, free spirit type background. Yeah, she looks like a free spirit. Yes, yeah. Her parents had to be hippies, right? Oh, yeah. I forgot about this. Her dad is Donovan, the singer Donovan. Oh. Yes. Her dad was, yeah. So she was like, had a famous, you know, artistic father. So there you go. All right. So maybe, maybe that explains some of it. All right. So let's get back to kickboxing. John Cusack, you're not going to believe this. John Cusack kickboxes in real life. But he didn't. He didn't at the time. He he learned the sport of the future training for the movie. But after the movie, yes, it was not the sport of the future. The sport of the future was at MMA, which is kickboxing times a hundred. But he continued training after the movie, and now he is a level six black belt in. Yuki Dokan kickboxing. I'm probably pronouncing that wrong. Yes. Evidently, he is very good at kickboxing in real life. His love, his passion. It was not Ioni Sky, but it was the sport of the future. Yes. Do you remember, Dr. Amy, that Eric Stoltz is in this movie briefly? Towards the beginning? He has a small role. Like a party scene or something? Yes. Yes. You remember the big at the towards the beginning of the movie, they graduate from high school and one of the kids sings uh, Whitney Houston. Uh, I believe the children are our future. That's a great scene. And then they go to this huge grad party and Eric Stoltz is there. Yes. It was the first party, I think, that the um, Ioni Sky character yes. had ever been to. And she was, she she was, was invited. And yes. She, always, she went. And yeah. Oh my uh, but Eric Stoltz was one of the actors. He played the key master. The key so master. The key master. Yes. So his duty was to collect everybody's keys at the beginning of the party and then distribute them at the end. Now, Eric Stoltz says to this day, 
people come up to him at parties and hand him their keys. Oh, he's still the key master. <laughs> he's still the key master. Wonderful. Yes, yes. That is hilarious. I love that. And then I saved the best fun fact for last. You are okay. not... You are not going to believe this. I don't know if there's video of this. There Maybe there is. I'll have to look it up after the show. But in 2012, John Cusack pretty much recreated the boombox scene at a Peter Gabriel concert. <gasps> no. So That's it was in 2012, Peter Gabriel was performing at the Hollywood Bowl. He was about to do In Your Eyes. And before he did it, he invited a special guest on stage. John Cusack walked on stage with a boombox oh over his head. Oh, my God. I have to video it. Handed it to Peter Gabriel and then bowed down in deference. Oh. And then Peter Gabriel lifted the boombox over his head and started singing oh. the song. No, he did not. <laughs> yes. Yes, oh. he did. That I know. magic. Oh. And magic. I love that song, by the way. I may have cried <laughs> in the audience that yeah and seen that oh wow oh, wow Ooh. so uh as we said earlier um say anything came out in 1989 it received very positive reviews from critics it has a 98 percent on rotten Ooh. tomatoes that makes it I like yeah. one of the greatest movies of all time so i'm not the only one who feels this strongly about say anything critics said that say anything quote fit perfectly with the 80s trend of high school rom-coms that had launched in the wake of John Hughes's many successes. Mm -hmm. Say Anything is an earnest story about teenage love, but it's not raunchy or uncomfortable in the way that many high school movies are. That's true. Oh, it's very sweet and kind of innocent, you know? It's true. It feels, it feels more real in a lot of ways. It doesn't have yeah. as many of the... It's not like American Pie or something like that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like it shows depth of... These, these characters and it I mean it feels realistic they both are vulnerable and flawed and you know like oh, oh, oh. you mentioned earlier I just wanted to comment on this quickly Aaron the, hmm. the uh, Lloyd Dobler um, how he had these female friends that he was yes yes from, that hmm. was something that made him so appealing and endearing because he really was close to what is the gal? Um, yeah. Oh, who, gosh. So I know. Good. She was in Mystic yeah. Pizza. She has a right. Another voice. great rom-com of the oh 80s, by the way. So uh, I'm going to look and, it up. You keep talking. And so on the, <laughs> on the question from last week, from our When Harry Met Sally discussion, can men and women be friends? Obviously, yes, because Lloyd Dobler and what's her name from Mystic Pizza were totally best buddies. Lily Taylor. Oh, Lily Taylor is the actress, and she plays uh, Lloyd Dobler's friend Corey. Oh yeah, Corey, Lily Taylor. Right. Yeah, oh God, I love her. I love her. So, she's great. Yeah. yeah, I was totally mm -hmm. in love with John Cusack. I wanted to be Ione's guy. Uh, what a movie! The song, yeah. the boombox, the whole thing. For sure, and that's I mean, wonderful. Great job. Woo. I uh, yeah. so that that covers that's that's Amy's picks last week for. Rom comes of the '80s were when Harry met Sally and The Princess Bride. Uh, t the, today we covered uh, Romancing the Stone and Say Anything. Honorable mentions, Doctor Amy. I have Splash. Okay. Remember that the mermaid yes. movie. Yes, yes, yes. 
16 Candles, which we will probably do a separate episode about 16 Candles at some point. Dirty Dancing, which we've already done an episode about that. Coming to America, I'm not 100% sure that's a rom-com or not, but some people think it is. Yeah. You you mentioned Mystic Pizza with yeah, Lily Taylor. Lily That's a good Taylor. one. Okay. And Working Girl. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Any cool. others? Are there any others okay. that we missed? Mm. I'm sure there are. Mm. L- let us know. Just go to Facebook.com, America's most popular website. Look for the Latchkey Kids. Leave us a comment. Tell us about your favorite romantic comedy. We want to hear all about it. And that was Aaron, a lot of fun. I just want to hmm. say... I deferred uh, say anything. I love say anything probably as much as you do. Yeah. And I yeah. knew that you yes. would be so bitter, even though I did my homework assignment very early. <laughs> I, I left say anything on the table. Uh huh. Because I love you. Okay. Yeah. Well, well thank you. Thank you. Well, and. And, and I, you, you are, you deserve to toot your own horn, and I appreciate you, and thank you. Allow me to toot my own horn because mm. this is rare. Mm. I did all of the research for this episode. <gasps> How did I do? Gosh. Did I do oh, a good job? Great. It was very I did all right. Right? Confident. It's pretty good. I learned so much. It was well, I learned, I learned one of your secrets: That's mental floss. Yeah, mental yeah. floss is amazing. Mental floss. Yes. What did you find in the world book? Did you get anything good in the world book? Or <laughs> uh, I don't. I don't think so. Um, I did consult Wikipedia, uh, a couple of websites called SlashFilm.com and 15Facts.com. IMDb is a source for this episode, as well as, of course, Mental Floss. So there you have it. Lots of fun. I don't know what we're doing next week. Do we know what we're doing next week? Or are we not going to say anything to these people? Say anything. See, I work in it. Hey. Uh-huh. Hmm. Yeah, we have no idea. We're flying by the seat of our pants. Okay. <laughs> well, we'll be back with something next week. That is for sure. Until then, everybody. Bye-bye, everybody. Bye-bye.